wellness comes from the inside out. When we're living congruently with our values, there's happiness because there is that sense of wholeness. This wholeness is when the way of your being matches the truth of your being. In this episode, we are focusing on the Enneagram Type 8, the Challenger. If you are a Type 8, you'll want to listen up because you might get some answers for some reactions that people might have toward you, and also a little bit about your strengths and how you can use this power that you have. Move the world forward to challenge way old-fashioned or help us push forward that's the rest of us for the rest of us types we will always recognize pieces of this we all have all the part enneagram types inside of us but usually when it's your particular type you take it to an art form so pay attention if you have somebody in your life that's a type eight you will really a little bit more a little bit more about them in this episode I'm taking information from the book Enneagram Empowerment, which I have put a link in the description. And if you want to learn more about your Enneagram type or anyone else's, you can get a free test if you go to michellewingle.com slash Enneagram. There will be a link in the notes. Also, I will send you uh, some information that's different from what I share here about the type that you're interested in. So let me know about that. Uh, I can say for the whole podcast, we're interested in maybe sharing with people what it's like to have a healing session. So if you would like to have a healing session for free, go to the link in the notes, uh, be on the podcast. We're looking for those willing to be on and kind of share something. You'll get to be anonymous if you would like, and we'll do the best to try and keep your um, private and but let's see if we can help people understand what it's like to have a, fee, a healing session. So if that's you, follow that link and we'll try and get in touch with you and see if that will work out. So the type eights are confident, passionate, strong, decisive, controlling, protective, independent, energetic, oppositional and honest, maybe even brutally honest. Type 8s move through the world with power and keen awareness. They sense who is in control versus who is being controlled. And who has power and whose voice it's them. Confident and strong, 8s thrive on intensity and take life head-on with energy and charisma. They passionately stand up for what they believe in and passionately protect the people they care about. They value honesty and justice above all else. They want fullness, fullness, and they struggle with excessiveness. Maybe they do too much, or say too much, or consume too much. This is big, big energy. Despite their toughness, though, they have tender hearts, and are really deep down scared of being hurt. They put up a tough exterior, and maybe will ignore some of their inner tender feelings because they want to make sure that they have that protective. In the Enneagram, there's two particular types that are kind of at the ends of the spectrum, eight and four. Four is the yin energy, maybe feminine. 
um, gentle, gentle, where the very, very, um, where the four would be very still. Maybe the eight is a lot of movement. They're very much on the other end of the spectrum from each other. Eights in one way, in the way that they challenge, both challenge, but um, at one is kind of looking for justice and, and made look aggressive that way. and But the type eight is their aggression is just moving forward. It's their experience is this kind of this push and they don't seem to the need to apologize or to take anything back or to be anything less than that push. And when you understand that about the eight, it becomes really a lot easier to communicate because they challenge, but they also want to be challenged. So if you're in an argument with a type eight and you start to back down, they're going to get even more challenging. So muster all that you can and stand up to them. They will have a lot more respect for you. That is their comfort zone. They're not trying to get you to be different. That is just their comfort zone. So it's something to think about and look at differently. You're talking or dealing with a type 8. Some famous type 8s. Now think about just the energy of these type 8s. Kamala Harris. Serena Williams. Winston Churchill. Queen Latifah. Aretha Franklin. Chelsea Handler. Maybe a Rhett Butler in God. If you think about these, they're very overt qualities. And what would we do without them, right? What would we do without the type eight, the the status quo, or being the one that's willing to stick up and move? Some things you might hear a type eight say is, I'm res- independence is important to me. I hate feeling controlled, and I do not like being t- I am efficient, productive, and assertive. Taking initiative is no problem. They might say, I often feel misunderstood. Because they have this challenging drive and then that kind of, to certain, especially certain types that feel uh, uncomfortable or like they're being mean. And to them, they don't have that. So it's like this, it's kind of this, I feel bad for them sometimes because... They're just doing what's natural for them. And then it feels like it's hurting everybody. And they're really not me. They might also say things like, I feel like I'm too much for people. I've been called bossy, pushy. I stick up for people. And it really hurts when others don't stick up for me. That's a really interesting insight. into. So the key motivations for a type 8 is to protect self and others from harm and control. So it's really, really interesting that they use control, again, a vice virtue. They will use control to not be controlled, in, maybe not in their best self, but that's what they really want. You might think, oh, they're so controlling, but if we look underneath the surface, they're really fearful about being controlled, being betrayed or harmed. They are motivated to maintain independence and they, they're are that they will look weak and vulnerable, that they will be taken advantage of and betrayed, and that they will be treated 
And some key obstacles are control issues, vulnerability and over excessiveness. And so to get over these obstacles, to get over, so in order, one fear, I will look weak and vulnerable. They are worried about being weak and vulnerable, but in their key to that shift is weakness and vulnerable, peeling back and being the, if they, they don't want to be taken advantage of or betrayed. And the trick is to look at that and to make sure they're not taking advantage of or betraying some. To be treated, they must practice their obstacles of control and excessiveness or vulnerability avoidance is right there. It's in order to challenge those. So to challenge this need to control, to challenge vulnerability, and to challenge the what's going on behind that makes you excessive or overexert things. For type for type eights, early on they that the world punishes soft tendencies, and so they put their money on hardness. As children, many eights had the experience of being repressed or pushed around. They could trust no one but themselves. Children of the Holocaust or children from the maybe the hard part you can't where you cannot afford to show weakness or cry often become or became type eights. In their cliques and gangs, they had to undergo tests of courage to prove how brave, daring, and fearless they are. Some eights also report that their parents rewarded strength, like don't take it, hit back, push back, show the other guy who's boss. Eights have developed the feeling that the strong rule the world and the weak have drawn the short straw. For this reason, they have decided not to be good, not to conform, but to develop strength, to resist, to break the rules, and to order others around rather than to let themselves be ordered. Some eights have developed their attitude as a counter-reaction to parents who maybe were too liberal, actually, or indulgent. They want to test and see just how far they have to go before someone... Some considerations for growth for a type 8. Notice each time you find yourself trying to change what is not yours. Or trying to make a decision that is not yours. You cannot decide what another person will feel or do, whether they will stay or go, how they will live their life. This realization... Let this realization release the weight off your shoulders because you are only in control of you and you are responsible for only your actions. Also, reconnect with your own tenderness. It's there. Do things to bring out your softer side, like spending time with animals or revisiting nostalgic hobbies or places from childhood. Reconnect with your own gentleness. Get familiar with it. Where you're kind of pushing it away just because it's before you act, pause, soften, and take a breath. Consider what the response to your actions will be. No matter how justified you feel, the actions you think you should take won't always get you the results you want. So stop and think about the result versus kind of do that backwards that that for you. Know that you are strong enough to feel the feelings behind your anger and passion. Without acknowledging your more vulnerable emotions, you will miss out on the depth and intensity of life and relationships that you desire. 
what gets expressed as anger is often something else. So ask yourself, what feeling is behind my anger? And lastly, a consideration for growth for a type 8. Realize that no matter how much energy and resilience you have, your body is not invincible. Learn to give your body rest. It gifts some of your strengths, which are bravery, advocacy, leadership, intentionality, determination, confidence, honesty, and resilience. Focus on that. That bravery, when you move to be brave, it's not just brave to go in like a bull in the china cabinet. It's braver to move through intentionally, which is another gift of yours, to get the result that you want. And even if that means letting go of some of taking on some of the asking yourself some of the questions that need to be asked and look inward, things like that. Some negative thinking might look like this. They didn't speak up to defend me in that argument. Clearly, they don't care about me at all. An alternative be verbally arguing on my behalf versus you are not the only not to. They might have wanted to help, but not have known how to. There are lots of possibilities. Open up the possibilities and know that your opinion is valid and that it is one possibility. And try and stretch that out to a few more. Another negative thinking, I don't like vegetables. I hate salads and I had to eat steamed broccoli all the time as a kid and I hate An alternative thought might be, I don't like steamed broccoli or salads, but there could be other vegetables prepared other ways that I would make. And lastly, an ex- friend went back. My friend went behind my back and totally betrayed me. You can't trust anyone. You can't rely on anyone a different, empowered thought could be, it hurts to be betrayed, but I actually have more people in my life who are loyal and loving to me than who are not. I know that there are good people, and they are worth knowing. In the book, Any Armament, she actually calls the Type 8 the warrior, and I think it's a great name because they really will fight for their cause. There's always seems to be someone in life who, especially the female, who just, you just think she's mean or you just think she's so intense. And and if you're an eight, you're not going to think that. Maybe if you're a one, you're not going to think that. But most of the other types, they really struggle with the female type eight. And it's a shame because that struggle is kind of a, a... a stereotype that we've put on females that the way that they know. I had a friend who she was always fighting the under for the underdog. She was always planning things. She, you know, it was and it, it helping sometimes coming in and it's just like a like that bull in the china cabinet, like help, help, help. Which is um they do look to it too, the helper, when they need to support themselves and, and that that really feeds them the type 2 energy we'll talk about that in a minute it, it really it you know I think even as our friendship ended I don't know if it would have had I under information from years ago I, I would have understand stood a little more about her and maybe asked or understood what was going on behind the scenes a little 
some self-care for the type 8 for heart. Remind yourself of goodness and innocence. Spend time with animals or children in your life. Find pictures of yourself as a child and keep them. Look at your emotions with curiosity and gentleness instead of judgment. Let them be what they are and teach you will. And lastly, gather craft supplies and create a collage. Bring to mind an emotional issue you would rather avoid. Visualize it there with you and hold it in your heart as you create your collage. Type 8s are in this gut part of the Enneagram. That's where they get their knowledge. They, They feel it in their gut. And so there's a lot of emotion going in our gut. And the 8s might just feel the fire in the belly kind of emotions and not feel the tender, soft ones. So that it's it's going to be important for the type 8 to be quiet and still and, and learn to feel those subtle emotions. Creativity is an important way to unplug pieces of our brain and plug them in somewhere else. It just makes things... It shifts up the way that information moves inside our heads. And I know that one really great way is to kind of take a deck of cards and just flip them upside down. You don't even have to pay attention to them. But because you're doing something with your hands, sometimes your thoughts settle down and you're able to focus a lot more. So eights would be great for that because they've got so much energy. It's really hard for them to not just hold still. So do something mindless. And, and use the mindlessness in your mindful practice, practice. It would be great for you to have walking meditations or things that are not just sitting there and being quiet and holding still. For the body, self-care might be find an enjoyable high-intensity exercise that provides a good release of your aggression and excess energy, like boxing, high-intensity interval training, or rock climbing. Another self-care for the body would be to place your hand firmly on your heart while closing your eyes and breathing deeply. And as you breathe in, just feel the sensations of your body. Feel whether you're sitting down, the part of you that's connected to the chair, the floor, what is your back doing, where is there tension, where is there pleasurable feelings even, really get in touch with that body. And this is another one for type 8s. Instead of restricting certain foods and feeling restrained, simply challenge yourself to eat more nutrition-dense foods. It might feel controlling for a type 8 to not be able to eat certain foods. So just eat more foods of what are better for you. It's a a different way that really uh, serves a type 8 to eat healthy. For the mind, some self-care may be Practice sharing your vulnerable emotions with those you are closest with and ask for help getting your emotional needs met. You have no problem getting your other needs met. I want this. You just go for it. Whatever it is, you make it happen. But I would sense that if we talk about what are some of your emotional needs, you might start to feel a little uncomfortable inside and not even want to deal with that. So your emotional needs of being cared for, how does, how does it feel to be loved? 
how does it, what speaks to you or what feeds you emotionally? Do you like to be talked to? Do you like to have a gift given to you? What would feed you emotionally? And then be vulnerable with those you love and just ask them, just, just challenge yourself to do it, to try it, to see if you can ask for what you need that feeds you emotionally and see how it goes. Another mind self-care practice is to speak the mantra, I release the false idea that I have control over the people or the world around me. I am free to make my own choices, but that is all. I used to say the saying that the new control is letting go, or letting go is the new control. And it really is, it seems like things have changed. Like if, if once you let go of something, then it seems like the that's when you feel more in control. Where before it's like if you force something and then you just got to force the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And it becomes so exhausting and so mechanical that the result just isn't what you even wanted it to be. So as you let go, you really begin to see that that what you really wanted comes into your life much easier. The last self-care for mind is set a timer for five minutes, grab a scratch piece of paper and unload your brain, writing down everything and anything that comes to your mind. Just free write. And you don't have to keep it. In fact, a beautiful thing to do with that is to take it somewhere and burn it with the intention that we're turning what was maybe heavy into light, literal light, and you can see it and it's visual, and it's right there in front of you. The idea that now all of that was in your mind is now light. The type 8's wings are 9, the peacemaker, and 7, the enthusiast. And I couldn't think of two better wings for the challenger to lean on, because both of these have qualities that the 8 really, really needs. The seven, the enthusiast, knows how to play, knows how to relax, knows how to almost be, I mean, in their irresponsibility, the eights really need some of that. And the nine, the peacemaker, the gentle peace, the nines fit in with everyone. They know what other people are going through and know how to stand in their place and have empathy. And the eights really need that. So you know, there's not really an 8-8, so you're going to have one of these wings and particularly wanting to use both of them to balance you out. Again, you are part of the body wisdom or the gut wisdom. That's where you get your power and your logic, that gut logic and wisdom. And your key emotion or key feeling to overcome is anger. When you get stressed, you will look and become more like the type 5. You will get really into your mind. You'll want to investigate things. You'll kind of obsess, you know, especially, here's an example. Let's say you start to feel like, oh my gosh, that person doesn't like me or that person's betrayed me or that person doesn't respect me. Then you might get really investigative about, you know, looking them on social media, who are they with, what's happening, you're getting really into the weeds, 
And that's how you can kind of know I'm a little bit stressed. And in order to bring balance, move to the helper, that person that thinks of others instead of themselves. So in that same scenario, if you think about this person's going to hurt me or has hurt me or whatever, and you start to just kind of pounce to get evidence for it to, you know, it feels good sometimes to, to not be wrong, right? So you're going to come up and find the evidence, you're going to dig for it and come up with these scenarios to, to kind of justify the feelings that you're having. Instead, go to the helper and it's going to feel really odd at first, but maybe reach out and help that person. Maybe in a small way, not in a big way, in a tiny way. Maybe they don't even know it's you. And your goal is to just challenge this idea and to challenge those feelings and just see if the feelings change. Because the reality of what's happening, this is something that's really hard and awkward and weird for a type 8. The reality of what's going on isn't the most important thing. It's how you feel about it. Because like a type 9, they can be taken advantage of and betrayed and it hardly even bothers them. You know, be true to you, but also if that's causing some problems, then, you know, work with it. Use your challenging ways of being and challenge that. When a type 8 is in their egoic or kind of their stressful state, maybe even, or when they're not at their best selves, it can look like they are tyrannical, they're very intimidating, they might be stone cold, reckless, vengeful, they can be a con artist, they can be ruthless, and maybe even immoral. On autopilot, just going with the flow, not really trying at all, not enlightening themselves at all, they might look confrontational, maybe insecure, they'll be resentful, boastful, proud, a risk taker, pragmatic, and disrespectful. Now what's interesting is when I'm reading these things, I they hit me because when I go into stress, I resemble a type eight, a type eight. So yeah, when I'm stressed, I might get confrontational, I might get resentful, I usually feel insecure. When I'm feeling insecure, sometimes maybe I'm boastful because I'm trying to lift myself back up, right? But because those are eight qualities, you know, quality of eight, then I can know that's not who I'm trying to be. That's what the Enneagram can really do is help us be aware of where we're at. Because when I'm in my truth, I'm having other emotions. I'm having the type two emotions. That's when I'm in my truth. If I'm not having type two emotions, then something's going on. So when a type eight has done their inner work, has challenged some of their thoughts and beliefs about control and about vulnerability. When they become enlightened, they are a natural leader and people want to follow them. They're actually protective because that's what they're doing anyway. They're looking out for the underdog and they really, you know, in some instances believe that they are the underdog. Uh, so they're not just trying to run over somebody. They're trying to not be taken advantage of or not let someone else get, get taken advantage of. So they're protective. They're honorable. They're very resourceful. They're merciful. They're courageous. A type eight's going to, you know, if there's a fire in a building, they're going to run in first and help people out. That's just their nature. 
They're very willing and magnanimous. So I often talk about how each type interacts with other types. So the type 8, the challenger, and the type 1, the reformer, these two, they can be ahead of a institution, a political party, a nonprofit. They're going to thrive there. They both have those things in common. The one, the reformer, wants to change things for the better, and the challenger just wants to change. They just want things to be different. They want they go against. That's that's their nature is just to be against, and to think of it as their nature, instead of a quality that you might not agree with. You know, it's really helpful. The type eight and the two again. Uh, the type two goes into stress for the type eight, and the type eight looks to type two. These people can usually can become friends easily. Not very many people can speak their language. But a two can. Um, and so two is usually, and the two might even be the person that the eight is protecting a lot of the time. Eight and the three, the achiever, these two, uh, they might collide over who gets to be in charge. Now the eight is looking to not be taken advantage of, where the three wants to look good. They, want, they don't want to just meet the goal. They want it to actually look good and maybe be the best. There can be some um, challenging challenges there between those two. But they can also be a powerhouse. You know, they get on the same page, have the same opinion about something. You can't bring those two down, right? They're going to achieve and they're going to get what they want. We talked a little bit about the four and the eight opposites on the as far as the yin and yang of personalities, you know, it's funny that it goes one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine in the way that they are, because really, if it was like linear instead of a circular pattern, eight would be on one end and four would probably be on the other, and then everything else would be in between. They're just really opposites. It can be a good thing if they are willing to learn from each other um, and willing to, because they both need the other person. Four might be too much into themselves or the four might challenge inward where the eight is challenging outward and both of them could use a little of that, right? The eight and the five, we talked about how the eight goes to the five when they're in stress or when they're stressed out. And then the five also goes to the eight actually as a teacher, right? The eight, the five needs to learn some of the challenge uh, challenging of their thoughts like the eight you know that, that takes that challenging and uses it and so those two can kind of um, find a way to to help each other again the eight and the five again might that might be some friends for the type eight the types eight and the six now the six they are the loyalists they are looking for the underdog as well so the challenger type eight is they're not going to let the six be in charge or control, but they're going to both be on the same page and work together and maybe have the same goals in that area of protecting or of supporting those people that might be being taken advantage of. And the eight and the seven, I think of this of like a parent and child a little bit that, oh man, the eight is going to struggle with the seven because the seven 
both the seven and the nine, they sometimes they're even thought of as lazy. You know, the sevens are thought of as lazy or they, they prefer rest, trying to get out of work, and that might drive the eight crazy. But if the eight can really challenge that and learn how to use that seven energy to help soften themselves, to have fun, to use play and lightness and ease to get what they want instead of that always making it a challenge or to be against, to kind of move into flow a little bit with that seven, not become the seven, but just just take a little bit and soften with that seven energy. Same with the nine. When we talked about there, these are the wings, but that nine energy is the peacemaker. The challenger may run over the nines. A lot of times this might be, this is a lot of relationships kind of tend to be this way, nine and eight or nine and one. Those are common relationship dynamics. A challenger can really rule and control a nine. And it's important for the eight to look at themselves and to be careful with those kinds of relationships. I really suggest not just learning your type, but those around you, your children, your spouse, people that you interact with, your coworkers. It's been really valuable in my home to really understand people's types and how it works. I've got, I think, a type 7, a type 9. I've got a type 2 and a type 4 and a type 5 in my household. You know, sometimes I can understand where when they're doing something that I just can't stand, recognizing that that's part of who they are really helps me to look at it a different way and to kind of challenge my own thoughts about things. It's been so fun to look at the Enneagram types and I'm so excited to be wrapping up this series on the Enneagrams. Next time will be our last, the type nine, the peacemaker. We invite you to thewholenessnetwork.com where you'll find the wholeness library. Inside, you'll find tutorials, downloads, mini classes, and all sorts of streaming content for you on your wholeness journey.